0: So we are officially streaming live. Today is December 1st. So I hope everybody had a good holiday weekend coming out of that, because I know I'm feeling it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, December 1st, and this is Reflection Artist Live. We are episode number 54 with our special guest, Kevin Davis. So Kevin Davis has been in and around the detail industry for around 20 years, uh, owned his own shop, you know, being an enthusiast all the things that, you know, that we, we start and finish in regards to our, our detail path, right? And then also the biggest thing is you may know for the past, you know, seven years or so with detailers helper, there's uh, an, an abundance of brands underneath the detailers helper. Of course, Kevin will explain that, but that's brought uh, a game changing tool to the detail industry. And you may have seen them at a lot of large projects, you know, a lot of the, um, uh, like Bear Jackson shows, when some of the teams that are there, you know, whether it be Mothers or 303, those guys, when they're big projects, they're using them. Air Force One, that's one of the biggest ones that you may have seen them. However, we want to go into how Kevin got started in our, you know, in the industry of detailing, of course. So, Kevin, thank you, and we definitely, I. I personally appreciate the detail shopper belt. But yeah, let us know how everything got started in the uh, wonderful world of detailing for you. How far back all this uh, started to pop off?
1: Well, I'm kind of a hot rod guy. So I built my first hot rod, um, started building it when I was like 14, 14, 15. And I grew up in Oklahoma. So the car culture there is is really strong. And so like that's what we did. We built cars, messed with cars friday night at sonic everybody's there with their hoods up um that kind of thing so it was kind of a very strong car culture and so you know as part of building them you want them to look good right so we you know uh my first chevelle was a 67 chevelle and it had black paint on it so uh, as you can imagine it, it needed a lot of work and so that was part of it you know i detailed for friends and family and and that kind of thing when i was younger uh and then uh did not really do much detailing a little bit on the side during college uh my degree is actually in exercise physiology and i have a second one in business and so i started in the fitness industry ran a few major health clubs uh then kind of went into the computer networking side of things and so i kind of took a little bit of a break um, from that and then uh, did web development i own a web development app development firm also that we've done since 99. I'm old. I turned okay. 49 in a week from today. So mm. uh, I'm, I'm so you, pretty much... You, have, you know
0: how to get paid making people look good. And you also <laughs> know how to get paid making cars look good. So you got... <laughs> and then you can put it all on a website to sell it. <laughs>
1: that's right. The web, the web part of it, you know, with all these different brands, it definitely keeps the uh, keeps the expenses lower when, when you have to pay someone to develop every, you know, eight different websites and shopify stores and and all that kind of stuff so and then i started uh we started a web so it's interesting story in terms of like you really have to watch your market and keep those incoming uh, business opportunities going because we ended up with an enormous web development project like we did this custom database driven um, website that tied into local stores for local stores and all this. And this was before any of the easy technology happened. So as a result of that, uh, we stopped selling. So all of a sudden that project ended and I realized, Oh, uh, I need some money <laughs> to you know, pay these bills and all that. And so I was like, well, let's, let's, uh, let's get this, um, detailing shop open. So we opened it and I actually did it out, uh, out of our shop. We've got a pretty good shop. Um, and build a new one but um, and so we did that for a while and what was the interestingly, that you opened so that this has been that would have been like 2009 2010 something somewhere in there
0: and in that, that timeline we, your services to say what were they looking like compared to now
1: so those are all I mean we detailed full-time so paint correction services I did a lot of um, uh, auction prep stuff mm-hmm. kind of more hot rod stuff so we would take somebody's taking a taking a car to bear Jackson, you know, we did like a 53 Corvette, nice. you know, take that, get it ready, kind of maximize the value and, and uh, do the best we can. Like I even, you know, we would take and buy new stickers for the, for the air cleaners and, you know, do carpet dyeing and, and that kind of stuff just to, you know, that may, they may spend a couple of grand, but it makes them an extra seven or eight grand um, at auction. Yeah, And so that was a big part of it. We did a lot of pre-sale, like, you got a used car let's get it cleaned up so you maximize your your money interestingly enough we did probably 70 percent interiors um because in montana yeah i mean that's i people always complain and i mean it's it's interesting to see where the industry is because everybody thinks the glamour is in you know making shiny paint which it is and that's awesome and you can make good money with that and coatings and all that but there's a ton of money to be made with with interiors uh, and as you and I know, the car wash industry is probably one of the most profitable industries <laughs> that you that we have. Um, so just side note on that. But we did wow. a ton of interiors. Montana's nine months of winter, basically. Um, so it, it your car, if you get it washed, you know, doing an exterior doesn't last very long. So we did a lot of um, kind of like post-winter cleanups and we did a lot of pre-winter prep stuff, you know, so... Your and area was, was
0: more or less the people because of that atmosphere, they didn't care so much about the exterior because they know it was going to get dirty, but they really wanted to invest in the yeah. interior.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you spend every day, you're trapped in your car. Um, we did a lot of that and they get, you know, get gross from just the roads oh, yeah. and you know, all that. So that's, we did a ton of interior work, uh, which was a, a good money maker. And then what's interesting is when I started doing um, as I was doing more paint correction, I distinctly remember putting my feet underneath this. It was a 69 GTO black that had just been destroyed by the, by the local transmission shop. Um, And I put my, my, I looked up and all the bottles and crap were still at the back bumper. And so I was like, what, this is stupid. Where, why don't I have these near me? And I come from, I've done a ton of DIY work. We're building a new shop now by, you know, Michelle and I. And so I thought, we need, there should be a belt for this process. So I went out looking, there really wasn't, there's one on the market, which is kind of a rebranded uh, actual tool, tool belt. So it's terrible for detailing because it has rivets on it, hard yeah, plastic. doesn't accommodate and that kind of stuff. what we do. Right. And so at that time I literally took, um, you know, I had like an M101 bottle, I had a 16 ounce bottle, I had a five inch pad, you know, and all that. And I sewed that prototype based on, um, based on that. I sewed it on my wife's sewing machine. And that's pretty much what the detailers helper standard is now. So, because I was like, clearly every other industry uses some tool belt and um, you want me to move my camera. So I'm not so backlit.
0: Yeah. I just noticed that, that you have a starburst behind you. Yeah,
1: as the there's the, the here's sun, Kevin sunset. Davis
0: coming from the heavens to bless us.
1: <laughs> yeah, there I I get all, all don't all mind Kevin. He's
0: just in Hawaii right now uh, finishing yeah. his out his vacation. What time is it there, Kevin?
1: It is seven ten or something like that. 7 yeah, 05, so. so
0: again, appreciate you being on because you got up early, early for for us to be on this. So thank you.
1: Yeah. So apologize. I'm outside. I figured, uh, talking to Clint, you know, might as well do it from the beach if you can Got a good LTE here. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that was, that's kind of the story how detailers helper came about because it, it was just one of those things where this is something that we real that I needed. So I figured other people would need one, um, as well. So that's kind of the, the progression from detailing into detailers helper and how that went. And after the first like 18 months, we decided just to shut, um, shut down the the detail shop and I actually pretty much handed all my clients over to a buddy of mine here, uh, in, Oh, in back home in Bozeman. And, uh, he's done awesome. We had some plane clients, some air airline or airplane clients also at the local airport. And he's, he's turned that into, you know, a couple of people that I handed off to him. He's turned that into, I think he did 300 planes last year. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So they, uh, so yeah. Anyway, so the, it's nice to see that those clients still kind of live on. And, and uh, well, the legacy of what we, you started, too. Yeah, it was fun. So it's been good.
0: Now that now, I mean, obviously, with you being in the trenches of detailing and developing the detailers helper belt, you know, with that starting, how do you make most of them by hand at first and then go into a production phase? Or how did that work?
1: Well, I've done some other product development in the past, so I knew that there's no way. I mean, they're they're labor intensive. You know, I mean, there's there's four sewn bags um, with each one plus a sewn belt. It's a it's 100% custom. There's, we had that thing. You know, I designed the first one. We had it prototyped and sampled, and we had them. We just have a factory make them because I knew there was just no way. But it, it, it was interesting because we got the first like 500 or 750 or something like that whatever the minimum order was and um, they were one of the stitches was missing so it wasn't as reinforced as we wanted so I ended up having to pay a local seamstress to take that bag and resew whatever that was 750 bags or or whatever to to add that stitch because we didn't want them didn't want them to fall apart and I mean they're they're made better probably than we should have made them because you only have to buy one like every 10 years. So,
0: (laughs) Well, you've revised them too over time and and you've made different bags.
1: Yeah. We try to keep up a little bit with the industry. It's, it's a, it's a bit of a um, catch 22 for us because each sample, you know, we drop five or 600 bucks on just to make one bag um, in terms of how to, how to, make sure it's so it's a little bit of market testing and and trying to figure out what to offer fulfillment wise and and all that but uh yeah so we we just have we have them made so they're shipped in the bags as we as we get them so that helps with our fulfillment side a lot so we're not you know grabbing five different bags and uh and trying to create that belt every time
0: now when when you got rolling with it did you website development did you get all that just yourself more organically or did you end up being able to link up like directly with like auto geek or one of those places as a major distributor
1: yeah so auto geek was actually the first first guys to come along and do it i got to know bob really well um and so and then i met with nick uh we were actually we had a house um i still manage it for my friend but we had a house in orlando and so we were down there for a month um, and, and a little vacation rental. And, and so I, I took a trip down to Stuart, met with Nick, showed him, they picked up some, and then we ended up doing a private label version, um, for auto geek. So we did a, we did a bunch of those for them. So they, that was a big help. And then most of it was just organic, getting involved with air force one, helped push it out there. And then just being involved, you know, we, you know, Michelle and I I think people got sick of seeing my face because we were kind of literally everywhere, especially because, you know, I unfortunately built most of my marketing around taking selfies, which I just got so sick of my face. It's ridiculous, but
0: uh, you did a damn good job. I mean, it helped with all the marketing, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we and it was fun, too, because I think for Michelle and I, uh, one of our One of our things is we've been married for 26 years. So to kind of show, show a success in, in business and marketing and relationships and, and all that. So we kind of became a little bit of what we wanted to be, which is kind of this golden couple of, of of the detailing industry, which is really fun because she's awesome. Makes me look a lot better than I really am. So.
0: (laughs) Now with, um, you know with everything in the spotlight and you did it you grew it organically but you had auto geek as far as was the first big project was that air force one for your belts to be on
1: yeah that was the first one that we did and uh, we've done it every year since uh, that they've had it and it's been yeah that was that was really big because it gives us you know there's this thing called social proof when you have a when you have a uh a product and, and what that does is people see it. they see other people that are respected using it and then that gives them proof that it actually works and is a is a viable product that might suit them. And so yeah that was that was the first big project. We've been involved in, in quite a few small projects as well, some restoration of trains and, and other planes and Air Force One and you know I try it early on I've tried to be pretty supportive of the industry uh, to try to support those kind of projects when we want, obviously it's a, it's a double-sided coin. Cause you know, yeah. I get a benefit, I get a benefit, they get a benefit. I'm no BS about oh, that. Yeah, you know, win-win. we're not just, we're not just giving everything away for free. There's a benefit on both sides. So, um, you know, that's, we've done quite a bit of that over the years.
0: No, for sure. Now, With that, and obviously now, I mean, that belt has become a standard and it's become something that I know when I attend large projects, no matter what it is or where it's at, that's something that always goes in my bag. And I don't just say that because we're doing this. I say it because... I have galleries that prove that I've worn that belt <laughs> and you see multiple pictures of having that belt on. It's like a superhero belt, you know, you just yeah, come out. That's and- right. <laughs> but you have now you've, you've taken that idea and and, and tell me wh- what you've done with that in regards to having the other brands underneath that, what that's all grown into.
1: So it's interesting because there are other industries that um, can and should use a tool belt, but don't necessarily use one. One of the big ones is janitorial. Um, a lot of times similar to kind of the, the, the big argument I get from detailers is I use a cart, right? Like that's, I don't need a belt because I use a cart. Uh, I actually have a video that, that I'm finishing editing where I did, I polished my Cobra out and did a, I did half of it with a cart and no belt and half of it with a belt and a cart. And I literally saved, you know, about an hour on it. I mean, it's just, it's that, it's that back and forth to the cart and so we took that in janitorial uh, in terms of maid services and that kind of thing and we, we have that same concept. If we can save a save one trip from the room to the cart, it literally pays for itself in seven days, something like that. It was, it was ridiculous how quickly the ROI was on that. So we've done it in, in uh, janitorial. We actually just delivered about a month ago our first private label. We did a private label for SC Johnson Oh, nice. Um, you know, the fam, the family company, they have a professional side of their business. And one of the big things that they do is they, they, um, supply, so su- they have this cartridge system basically for large stadium cleaning. Cause in the past it's the dumbest thing ever. This is OSHA or, or whatever it is, but they would have a bottle like 32 ounce bottle of chemical, for example, and they're cleaning the seats and all that. They have to go back to a central supervisor at the filling station to get that 32 ounce bottle filled and then go back to their job where the, they're they drinking the
0: stuff or something. They I, the I mean, it's just,
1: it's just crazy. <laughs> this bureaucracy. stuff is great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so SC Johnson developed these little cartridges. So basically, you carry water with you and these cartridges, and they can get like 700 trigger pulls out of this one cartridge. But, and there's four cartridges and then a trigger. Um, and so they needed something to carry that around for these. And so it was really funny. This is kind of one of those, those cool things, but I have the first call with the, the product development lady and she's like, I really like this belt. Can you guys do something like this? And it was literally a picture of our cleaners helper tool belt in the middle of her slide. I'm like, uh, you do know that's me, right? Like we, that's ours." <laughs> So, so that, that that made that made that sale a little bit easier. So we, we, we got that done. And then um, you know, I think what people, you know, the consumer side of things is is really where the volume is. Uh detailing's a great industry. We love selling in it, but it's also pretty, you know, it's a it's a pretty finite uh, industry. So to be able to expand this brand, uh, we have a we have a, a belt called Handy Helper, which is basically kind of a lighter sewn version of detailers helper and cleaners helper and if we sell that all consumer stuff so people doing housekeeping and gardening and you know whatever else they do so we have that and then we made a little kids version uh which we don't sell a ton of but we have a have a little kids version called little helper so yeah so we put that out so those kids that want to be be like dad or mom detailing and um, you know, detail, we have pictures of Kyle Clark's daughter and this has been several years ago. She's detailing her little tight car. So, uh, (laughs) with, with the tool belt on and, and, uh, Claude Harris, his little granddaughters doing the same thing. So that that's been a fun, fun little brand. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, we've thought about other industries and again, it's, it's kind of, you know, how, how much time we have, what the ROI is for each particular industry and, uh, and that sort of thing.
0: Have, has anybody ever um, requested something for the uh, film industry for window tint or paint protection film?
1: Yeah, we've done a we we did a I did a couple of prototypes and samples of that, and uh, it's pretty complicated to do it. They've got they've got tons of little pockets and and all that. And the the one feedback that we kind of um, we're trying to deal with is that the belts are cotton on purpose, um, and so you can get a little bit of of uh, lint. I haven't really had had that problem but somebody had said that and honestly we should have spent more time developing the detailers helper for ppf and and tent and film and all that we just got busy with other things i, I was joking with clint when he reached out and he goes "Will the first question be did you die i thought kevin davis died so uh <laughs> get we, straight to the point clint <laughs> yeah we've been we've been uh, you know, I've been so busy with other brands that, that we haven't done a ton of new product development. Uh, quite honestly, with the with the Detailers Helper brand, but yeah, that's definitely one that we should have explored a little bit more. And, and not to say that we still can't, uh, but yeah, that's that's definitely something.
0: And you know, outside of Detailers Helper, though, you've also explored into other doing other things with other brands, correct?
1: Yeah, so my goal, Michelle makes fun of me all the time because so my goal is to write off every hobby that I have. Um, so the way to do that is to create new brands into the networks and hobbies that we've developed. So, you know, I I have an RV brand because we're big, you know, we did we do motorhome stuff and and uh we developed a, a product brand for that. And then our big brand since early 2020 that we spent probably 90% of our time on is is called Rugged Restore. It's our it's an off-road brand, you know, Michelle does, we built Jeeps and she does off-road races and we go, you know, Moab and Rubicon and and that kind of stuff. So that's a, that's a network. So I always look for the network first, right? Like that's, if you've got a market, that's great. Uh, but the network helps with that market. So we have, you know, our hands into that industry. So not only can we say, Hey, we're actually real off-roaders and we produce these products to help, and build that hobby. Um, Similarly to what we did with detailers helper, right? Like it's, we're detailers and we made this thing uh, for detailing. So in our case, we, we sell products uh, into the off-road industry and ties in with our detailing stuff, right? So we do a lot of, we have a lot of detailing products. Um, One of the big things that we've sold is this uh, bed liner. It's uh, called barricade. And that is something that I've actually been, been toying with and kind of pushing a little bit in terms of an added service for detailers. So it's kind of that, that mesh of two, of two brands and two industries. So we'll see how that, see how that goes. I can give more information about that too, but.
0: No, no. I mean, you got, you you obviously wear a lot of hats and you have a lot of things that you're, you're working with, you know, let's talk about, you know, diversifying and why you went that route and how, how important that is. Like we touched on earlier.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it really, it's, I call it many roads to revenue. I've used that phrase for quite some time and, and it's actually, what's interesting if you go back to kind of the basics of it, it's very I grew up in farming and ranching, um, grew up on rural and, and all that. And one of the things that you almost off almost always see is you have farmers that are both ranchers and farmers, because in most cases, when you're talking about commodities um, you know, ranching will be up. Cattle prices will be up. wheat prices are down and vice versa. So they diversify on purpose for that, for that reason, in order to make sure that they still have, have revenue coming in. And so for us, you know, it's like, Oh, I'll have this one brand and I have to sell X number of things in order to make my mortgage and pay my overhead and all that kind of stuff. Well, if that gets spread across five or six brands, then I'll have to sell, you know, 20% of that there and 20 and 20 and 20 and 20 or whatever. And so then that's really the diversification that we do. And and the way I talk about it in terms of detail shops is, hey, if you're just doing paint correction and coatings, that's great if you can do that. But- If you your market really, supports
0: it year round.
1: Yeah, the market's great. It, I mean, it's a ton of money, you can make good profit. Um, and, but however, you know, what happens if that changes? for whatever, for whatever reason, you never, you know, you never know, you may get a terrible review and that, that kicks, you know, you have a 20% month of what it's supposed to be, et cetera, et cetera. So even if that's all you're doing, you really should have other services in your shop, tent, BPF, you know, film interior (laughs) interiors for sure. And I say that because I
0: see a lot of places or a lot of business owners across the U S that have now just basically, stop offering into your detailing and that's obviously the base of where detailing you know part of where detailing came from so it's like you're eliminating something that kind of covers what you do and it doesn't make any sense to me but there's a lot of money yeah and i mean some,
1: i mean i guess it it there may be a scenario where it makes sense but i i can't think of one you know i mean and, and i've when i've talked to people a lot of that kind of gets There's a little bit of ego. Not that there's any ego in the detailing industry at all. No, not at all. So there's, (laughs) there's. Oh, I'm, I'm paint correction specialist. I only do paint correction and coatings. Well, you just threw thirty grand away of your annual revenue. You know, if you don't want to do interiors, that's awesome. Hire somebody at fifteen dollars an hour and have them do it. You know, I mean, if your shop's too small yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you know, and everything's that way, right? Even if you don't want to do any film tent, whatever, get 20% off the top from your local tent guy and just ship every, you know, have those relationships, build those relationships. I think there's just so much money being left on the table either because I just don't think I have time or I'm too good for it. Or my shop is this prestigious. I wouldn't want to touch a, you know, 2011 honda civic or whatever i just you know i I don't do that kind of thing so it's just like well you just left 500 bucks in that car that you gave away to somebody else so uh i'm i'm definitely not that way but
0: now with all this diversity for what you do did i mean is that something that was planned Was that something that you went into the early years before development of detailers helper and just kind of had this idea that you were going to start doing it? You really didn't know what at that point, but, or was this something that kind of just evolved on its own?
1: I'm kind of the, you know, you probably heard this phrase. I'm a, uh, being a generalist, um, somebody that's kind of like good enough at a lot of different things in order to kind of do a lot of different things. Like I said, my degree is in exercise physiology. I then worked for a computer company in the fitness industry. Uh, I then started web development. And then all along is this underpinning of, of cars. Um, and so I'm, we joke because I really don't have a, have a lot of hobbies, but my main hobby is creating brands and new businesses and doing, you know, we've got some e-courses coming out. I'm a consultant for some TV stuff. It's just all that's kind of my my family believes that I'm a robot. So, um, you know, there's just I I just like to have I enjoy the creative process and I actually tend to get a little bit bored over time with just like the the day in and day in mon- mundanity of uh, I don't even know if that's a word. Um of, <laughs> the same doing, old, same uh, old. <laughs> yeah, the same old same old same old. So Um, it probably didn't really start out as intentional, but once I started that ball rolling and I saw that advantage of, of kind of cutting things up, you know, I still have my development firm, but I don't do a ton with it, but there's still money there. You know, I still build, build my clients, do a little web development here and there, we do some farm out, some app development and, and that sort of thing. And, um, once I saw it working, then I purposely do it, but I'm, I just, I'm a little bit ADD. And so I, I just really enjoy creating new stuff. That's kind of my thing.
0: No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And along the, along the way, you ended up just naturally diversifying with everything that you had to
1: offer. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah I mean if you look at detailers helper that's an awesome belt and and does really good things well it will probably work really well for this for other industries so what other industries um, represent and what we do is we pick right like it's what what other just like services in your shop what services what products are going to be the best ROI um, for for my time uh, and investment and so that's where janitorial was like the biggest one I mean we've We've, you know, you'll walk around DFW airport, you've got guys walking around wearing them on that team. We've got, we sent stuff to the Maldives, we've sent Croatia, like, it's crazy. Um, wow. And so that, yeah, that diversification is just, it's kind of a natural progression over time. Um, and what's funny is that I think uh, most people don't believe this, but I'm basically lazy. So <laughs> like my, I work hundred hours a week because I'm lazy. That makes, You're so lazy. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah but but, I say that because my whole goal is I want to create uh, income streams that don't require me to physically trade hour for dollar um, or however many dollars that is so that that diversification helps me do that and just like we were talking about with the shops, I can be coding a car for two grand and making two hundred bucks on a PPF job that at the exact same time that I'm not doing, and then my part-timer is doing an interior. So I literally just added 50% to my revenue number for that hour or two hours or three or whatever it takes. And so that's kind of, that's kind of that progression as well. I don't know if I went totally off a tangent, but.
0: No, no, no. I think that's a perfect example though, for what you were saying, especially when relating to detail shops that, you know, you're sub it out. You have a little bit of where they give you a wholesale rate. So you can charge full retail and make some money nothing wrong with that. And then of course you're completing the job at hand, but also having the helper who obviously, you know, when you have an employee, that's an investment, right? So if you're going to invest in them, there better be a return on that with that employee. So to your point, that employee's over there, you know, getting that other job done and, and everybody's winning because he's getting paid, but it allows you to again, diversify and have that little bit of, uh, off the top on the ppf job your direct job and then what your employee is doing so it brings everything together but versus doing just the correction job with you and your right. employee, now you're losing out on both sides of that additional revenue
1: yeah absolutely it makes,
0: it makes perfect sense now and that's something that i think a lot of guys need to look at like you said where it's one thing to be picky but you, you know, you don't want to leave money on the table. It's business, right? It's it's one of those things where you can't let your ego drive you. You've got to let the, the business side of things drive you because if you let your ego drive you, you're not gonna make nowhere near as much money. And you probably yeah. won't get as far, or if you do, it's gonna take much longer to achieve that. <laughs> Versus yeah. business-minded, you're not paying attention to the little things, although you are, you're seeing them, but you're adjusting on the fly without spending too much time on it, getting the task done, moving on, getting the task done, moving on, but trying to do it from eight different angles versus one.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the richest detailers are people you've never heard of because yeah. there there's just, there's just no, like, there's no place for ego in business, you know, whether it's I got my feelings hurt because someone left me a bad review or said something bad about me or, or whatever, you know, it's like, it's crazy. Cause we run a lot of social media ads and we will literally get comments of people lying, saying they bought this product. It was terrible. They bought, they gave me, they bought four of them and never received the product. Like they bonafide just lie to try to, to try to hurt people's businesses. Mm-hmm. And, but like, there's an easy solution for me, ban and delete, you know, like I don't, it doesn't affect me personally. Um, and so that may be part of it. Or if you just, just think that you're, You know, you really want to be this specific kind of shop, which is fine if that's what you want for your main identity. But if your ego is driving that, then it's wrong. If it's because you, that's just what makes the most sense for your business and your market and your customer base, then that's great. Just take ego out of it. Like, yeah, you shouldn't, you should just, you just got to get it out.
0: Or sometimes just turn social media on and do what your market is asking. Yeah, absolutely. trying Trying to be in some area that population is super low and you're watching people in California in a, in a heavy high populated market do this that and the other thing with services and now you're trying to execute that and if it works great but sometimes getting off social media and shutting down and understanding what your market is asking and providing that that's where your business could actually boom more
1: <laughs> yeah I love seeing those post people asking well what are you charging for this and what are you paying your employees and, and all that. Like I, my part-time girl that helps me with shipping and fulfillment, who's awesome. I pay her $25 an hour because, and you know, it's not a hard job, but you can, in our area, Taco Bell pays 19. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, so if, if you're in, you know, big spring Texas or whatever, your, your employee rate may not look anything like that. It may be $12 an hour or whatever. So don't, you know, it's just, you got to look at your, you got to look at your own market, do your own market research. You need to go look at, you know, go talk to people, dealers, realtors, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you really have to know what's going on around you. And I mean, social media is great. Lets us connect with other people and all that, but it's also one of the worst things that's happened to our society in the last decade. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's changed a a lot of things for sure. For a variety of reasons. But uh, yeah, yeah, spend less time there and more time making sure you know what your uh, operating costs are. Right. So (laughs) spend that hour and spend that hour today checking your uh, checking your costs.
0: No, that to your point though that I mean we thought cell phones were bad, but then you added then 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 there was the social media added to the cell phone platform, so that, that made yeah. it ten times worse. So you could see everything that's going on, but no to your point with the market when people ask about like you know labor and stuff and you you know with you're paying your shipping girl you've got to pay them well. I mean, every market is different. And, and right now it's a blur, right? Everything's been disrupted in the past two years because of the pandemic. So yeah, you've got places going out of business. They can't maintain employees. Places like you said, like you know, Chick-fil-A's and, and, and just regular chain franchise restaurants, being able to pay $19, $20 an hour, that makes it harder for the small business or mom-pop business to, to keep up with that. But Sometimes you got to come out of pocket a little bit to keep, you know, to keep employees, keep them happy, but to pay them so well that they don't want to go nowhere else or yeah. nowhere else can pay them what you can't.
1: Right. You know, and that yeah, way it's just, I mean, you got to value them. And if you really look at the math, you know, they've, they've, if you look at the math of what, what a good employee is worth, it's just, you know, like I should pay this girl even more than $25 an hour because of what she's worth to me. I've been gone now for seven days and she's done all my shipping fulfillment, she sent some stuff to Amazon for me, all that. Like what, what it, back before I hired her, we would literally go on vacation by car and I would take shipping stuff with me and ship orders while we were gone. So like, I don't have you to do that anymore.
0: You couldn't <laughs> let go. Yeah. you're. I just had to it. ship stuff. Like the <laughs> orders
1: are still coming in and I, you know, somebody's going to ship it. So like, that's, that's uh, you know, $25 an hour is cheap for me in order to be able to, to have, you know, live the life that I want to live, and and have our business continue to to have revenue uh, for that. And you know, again, it goes back to having an employee. Having employees is a pain in the ass. So I mean, oh, yeah. it just frozen. so, times. but it 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 makes it can make a huge difference in your business, especially if you're just a like one man operator, one woman said, operator, whichever.
0: Quality of life, right? You're able right. to get more time back with with your wife, with family. Because you don't have to do those little tasks and you're paying somebody well to handle it for you and it gives you a peace of mind. And I think that's one of the bigger things to that point is that it's either the shop owner can't let go and they're making the correct amount of revenue that they just need to come up off of it or they need to let go and come up off of some of their money to give to that employee and realize that they're going to be able to have a better quality life because they're actually getting some workload taken from them. Or if they're just not charging enough, they need to readjust on their prices. So that scenario could happen as well.
1: Yeah. The whole quality of life thing is something that we've really tried to focus on. I kind of spent my early career as a workaholic, you know, we try, I traveled six days a week all over the country and, and all that doing corporate training and, um, that, that led to bad things. And so, you know, we, we stopped doing that and then, um, you know, I just, I developed this philosophy of, of really my businesses and income and all that kind of stuff. The whole purpose of those things is to allow me to live the life that I want to live. You know, and I, I see so many, my, my, one of my least favorite things to see on social media is a detailer posting a picture of his watch at two in the morning. Um, and like, if you're single and this is your whole life, do it all day. I don't care. Yeah. If you got a family yeah. at home and your wife's, Ooh. if your wife's home in bed you know, by herself while you're at the shop and that's every day, there's something seriously wrong with what you got going on. Like oh, it will bite you in the butt over time too.
0: She may be yeah, okay it, with it in the moment, but <laughs> give it a couple of months, watch what happens.
1: <laughs> yeah. But this whole, this whole badge of honor of the hustle and all that. And I mean, I respect it, right. Work hard, build what you need to build, but build systems so that that's not a forever thing. Like that's yeah. this whole, you know, if you wear that 2 a.m. thing every day versus, all right, I got a special project. I need to get this done. I'm going to work overnight, get that thing. That's great if that's once every three months or whatever. But if that's your way that you run your business, I would contend that you need to examine what's happening with your business. Because that's that's just not sustainable. And it's what's wow. the point, right? You get hit by a car tomorrow. Your wife's not going to remember that you made that Porsche look amazing. She's not going to care. Right. She's, you know, that's that's the that's the thing we really try to preach in terms of our own lifestyle. And, you know, I have months where I make, you know, I've lost money on a given month and I have months that are really, really good. But but those, you know, I try to maintain that healthy and fun lifestyle regardless. So
0: that's you're right. I mean, it's one of those things. No, one to your point, the your wife's not going to remember that you shined the car. She's going to remember how much you weren't home. That's, that's, that's going to be the last impression, but unfortunately, yeah, it's just, you you can't be a workaholic. You've got to have that quality of life to be able to balance that. And you're right. Spending that much time, that's going to affect And There's a burn rate, right? There's going to be personally to where you get to a point to where you're going to be like, I I can't do this anymore. There's only so much your body physically can take. And you know, as much as you put in work-wise with your body, you have to also double that up with rest. Yeah. If you're not creating if that, if you don't have that opportunity of balance, something's yeah. going to happen
1: on a stay uh, fit, stay fit, eat right. You know, uh, other than Thanksgiving, you know, all that, all that stuff is, is good. And I think, you know, I do respect and don't get me wrong. I do respect and, and honor the anxiety that drives that. Cause I have that too, right. Even yeah. being successful and having really, really good months and all that. I still have that, that back of my mind. If I don't do these things, um, you know, what's next month going to look like? And so I understand where that gets driven, but I would just encourage everybody to kind of examine what your, what, how you define success, right? Is your, yeah. is your definition of success a $10,000 month? Maybe, but, you know, how's your family life? How's your spiritual life? How's your health? You know, all, all of that kind of stuff has to, has to be a, a big part of it. And in my mind, The money side of it, the whole purpose of money is to allow you to live a life that you want to live, right? Like, it's not, that's, it's not, it's not, that shouldn't be the goal. The money part of it should be a, should be a catalyst for what, for everything else, not, not the goal. Um, and I mean, I'm old, right? Like, I'm a lot older than, than most of the industry probably. And, uh, so I've kind of been around and had major failures and, and, you know, in business and personal and all that kind of stuff. So I, I see that, but I, I posted yesterday my, my grandma died a couple of days ago and she was 101 years old, almost 102, um, you know, just lived. Uh, she'd been around the world like three or four times, you know, and, and it was funny. And I think you read the post, but I talk about how we're pragmatic. She called me in last uh, July and she was like, well, she didn't, her, her daughter did because she was deaf as a now. but uh, she's <laughs> like, I'm going to die soon. So if you want to come visit me and say goodbye, you should come soon. So, <laughs> so, so we did. But I mean, that's like I look at I look at her life and she died in her sleep, like she did it exactly the way that she wanted to, which is she was just bored. Like i this is long enough. But she had lived the full life that she wanted to live and yeah. you know, built built family and marriage and fun and education and all that kind of stuff. So if you're 101 years old and all you can remember and the memories that you built are, you know, working too much divorces, kids that don't talk to you, you know, over time, those are the things that can happen. So just, you know, I'd be careful about that as a, as a young, younger person, excuse me.
0: No, I agree. And that's, that's to your point where your your purpose of being in business is to buy your, I mean, there's a lot of different purposes, but I would say overall, the purpose of that in, re- in regards to life would be your, your buying time back, right? The better yeah. you do, the earlier you get it achieved, the more time you have on the other end of that to get back with family friends and being able to do vacations or spending time in places that allow you to be able to just relax and have an ease of mind, just chill or be in
1: Hawaii for a week. (laughs) <laughs> yeah 10 10 days actually you know 10 well, days. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. i'm yeah. sorry <laughs> <laughs> well it's a long it's a long way out here well unfortunately my daughter's lived here for five years and she's moving back to the mainland so this is going to kind of be our last trip but you know like we were talking about being fit and all that we're getting ready to go do cocoa head uh after this cocoa head is like a thousand stairs or something like that it's oh, kind of you if, if you google it look at the pictures and and all that but that that'll be that'll be our morning to go out and burn off some of this you know pie, pie that i, I got up there but five days. you
0: got an elevator to get down
1: <laughs> <laughs> well we've seen ems there a few times it's just it's like rail so they built it it's kind of these railroad tracks but there's some of them are like three feet apart so it's a little bit of a challenge uh that way but you get up the top and on hawaii there's built there's called pill boxes all over the place which are the military installations where the guys would sit and watch for planes and they can fire from there. So there's pillboxes on the very top. So you can see, you know, Molokai and you can see all the different islands uh, from oh, wow. on top. So it's definitely worth it. Uh, my daughter swore she'd never do it. She's done it with me twice. And she's like, hell with that. I'm going to stay in bed. You guys go have fun. So, uh, but anyway, side note, that's what that's what we're going to do. But to be able to do that, still have revenue coming in. I don't sleep. So I've been up since like 3.30 um, doing work so that I can have the, have the rest of the day you know, going, going for me. So.
0: No, and that's, that's a good point too. getting up early, getting things achieved early in the morning. So you have the remainder of your day for free time with however you want to use it. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. have that freedom schedule, go pick up your kids at school, you know, while, while an employee is finishing that car for you or, you know, whatever, be able to be able to, I call it lifestyle design, right? Like that's a big, that's a big phrase. In the in the e-course uh, industry, but lifestyle design is basically use, use your resources to design a lifestyle that fits best for you and your family. And again, if you're single, all bets are off, you know, take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, but if you do work all the time, you're going to be single for a long time. So <laughs> but, true story, but, but yeah, you know, for some people that works, not for me, but I've been married a long time.
0: So, We're coming up on time. However, let's, uh, let's talk about some advice. What advice would you have? You know, I know you've given a lot in regards to both your story and as we've covered topics, but what advice would you have just for those listening um, based on the stuff we covered?
1: I mean, I think that that whole lifestyle design thing, it it really is, is the biggest thing. Um, Don't get so caught up in the business of it and the ego of business, whether you're a detail shop or somebody else is listening from a different industry in a different business, or if you're an employee, right? Like, if you're an employee, there's this whole thing where we degrade and downgrade uh, people that are employees. If that work, you know, if you could, dude, I do forty hours a week to be an employee if you're making decent money and that works for you, and you can build a life around that. That's great. But whatever you do, um, think about the future. Think about um, what your lifestyle actually looks like, um, and where your priorities are. And the, the whole, this whole work-life balance thing, uh, the balance part of it is a myth. There's absolutely no, there's, there's no such thing as work-life balance, right? There's, in my opinion, it, it, either you're giving that energy to work or you're giving that energy energy at home uh, or to hobbies or your dog or whatever it is there's there's really no balance between the two there's just how you make that transition between the two and how much time you devote to each one yeah and i guess that can define balance but you're always out of balance one way or the other there's just it's almost impossible to have it it's just it's just figuring out the whole you know ups and downs and ebbs and flow of what that what that looks like in terms of, all right, well, this week I've got this huge project. So I'm going to really have to work my ass off and be gone a lot. But next week, that means maybe I do one less car next week. And I take Friday off, I take the family to the lake or, you know, beach or, or where mountains, wherever that is. Uh, but really don't get so caught up in the work and the money and, and all that. And I say that as someone that's doing very, very well. And, and also as someone that, you know, my tax return two years in a row had a big negative sign in it, you know? So I like, I, I, you know, don't say, Oh, well, it's nice. Nice for him to be able to say that, you know, I, I really speak from both sides at that point.
0: Yeah. Speaking from experience does help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kevin, thank you. We definitely thank appreciate you. on behalf of buff and shine, you coming on and spending an hour with us, especially early, early morning in Hawaii on, on vacay. So yeah, we thank you. And, um, Yeah, so how would people get a hold of you uh, and or maybe uh, if they have interest in the Detailers Helper website or some plugs that you could throw out there?
1: Yeah, so if you go to detailershelper.com, I actually created a a pretty good coupon. uh, Coupon code is Reflection Artist, so you can use that to save a little money. Uh, So that's Detailers Helper. There's different belt choices there, and, and so you can see that you can add on different bags if you want. Um, so that's detailershelper.com. Use use the code Reflection Artist. I don't know if you have show notes. You can put these in the show notes. But um, and then if you want to know more about the Rugged Restore brand, it's ruggedrestore.com. And if you do ruggedrestore.com/slash detailing, you'll see kind of this new additional revenue source thing that I've got going on. Uh, it's kind of a simple page that I put up, but um, that'll kind of give you some more information about our bedliner thing that I'm looking. Into the detailing industry as an additional revenue, revenue source, uh, and then I created the same coupon code over there too, uh, Reflection Artist. So awesome. to Reflection Artists. So, that's that's what I was up at three AM doing: is creating creating information pages and coupons and, and that kind of thing. So, uh, but yeah, and you follow me on social media if you want on all my different brands. But um, yeah, you, know, you can you can find me on Facebook if you're if you're there too.
0: Awesome. Well, there you have it. Uh, you know. The man himself, the one who created the detailer's helper belt, Kevin Davis. And of course, everything he's given back to the industry and the story and everything that has come along with that. Much appreciated, Kevin. Thank you. And everybody who's taken the time, if they have today, to listen or watch and or maybe at a later date. Thank you for listening. So we're going to go ahead and sign off. I'm going to get back into the shop myself. I'll let you go on your wonderful uh, climbing escapade up them stairs, Kevin.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Sounds fun. I'll, I'll send I'll text you a picture when I get to the top.
0: Yeah, do that. I appreciate it, man. Have a good rest of your day. And thank you for being on again, Reflection Artist Live number 54. And we are signing off. Everybody take care. All right. Mahalo thanks for tuning in this week to reflection artist live we hope you had fun and learned something new if you missed an episode or are looking for more check us out on our social media or podcast platforms and join us next week when we have another amazing guest don't miss it we'll be talking business life and detailing also don't forget to check out BuffAndShine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal